The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It is 2.06 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger with you once again, sitting in for uh, Andrew and Jay Lynn. Today, of course, Andrew away this week, and Jay Lynn uh, will be back tomorrow. Good to be with you once again. A lovely, mild week. Ian Edmonton, uh, and it's supposed to be even uh, even warmer on the weekend, I think. So it looks like uh, real nice weather out these uh, days. A lot to get to uh, on the program today. A little bit later on, uh, you've pr- probably heard the news this week about uh, Edmonton making the top 50 best places in the world to visit in 2018 for travel and leisure. Uh, that's, I mean, top 50 in the world. That's that's pretty uh, amazing. So after 2.30, going to talk to a couple of folks from Edmonton Tourism uh, about, about, I mean, is Edmonton, is Edmonton really cool? Did, did we make it? Are we finally popular? And then what is it? What is it about Edmonton that makes people from elsewhere want to come visit here? I'm guessing it's not just our big mall. I mean, we always have that, but it's it's more than that. So looking forward to get into that after 2.30. Would also like to get your your your, your hidden gem. So what is it about Edmonton? When, when you have family or friends from out of town, out of province that come in, what is it that, that you have to show them? I mean, yes, I mean, some of us, we have that, you know, family member who it's, it's, it's the mall. I mean, honestly, they want to see the mall, they want to see the water park, they want to ride the roller coaster, whatever. But there's, there's a whole list of other things. Uh, and so what is your hidden gem? What is it that you've got to show your family or friends whenever they, <clears throat> whenever they uh, head into town? So we'll get into that a little bit later after uh, 2.30. You probably also heard the news of uh, somebody that, by the last name of Hole. You know, long associated with uh, cultivating, caring for plants, green thumbs. Member of the whole family has uh, signed on with uh, a marijuana company. And so uh, later on, we'll also have Jim Hole, as well as uh, the president and CEO of Atlas Growing uh, in studio to talk a bit about, uh, talk a bit about the marijuana industry, why, why Jim Hole is getting into it. What's appealing about growing cannabis? That should be an interesting conversation uh, after 3 o'clock. And then later on, 3.30, Letters to a Younger Me, uh, a campaign that started uh, out in the West Coast and is now turning into a book. So we'll uh, pick up that conversation as well. What, would you, what advice would you give to your younger self? Anyway, so we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. In this half hour, we're still trying to connect with a couple of guests here. Uh, Ryan Smith, of course, you know him from the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and Tim Reed, president and CEO of Northlands. And so want to talk to them about a, a big announcement today about what's going on with the, the farewell weekend down at Northlands. And they've, they've rolled out uh, pretty interesting stuff. I mean, so this is, uh, we're looking at next weekend, December 15th to 17th. And they've rolled out kind of what they're all what they're all planning to do. And it looks pretty cool. I mean, this is this by the sounds of it. I mean, this is your last chance if you want to get into Northlands Coliseum one last time before they shut her down for good. 
this is your last chance, December 15th to 17th. There's a free farewell weekend at Northlands Coliseum. So what have they got planned? Well, uh, maybe you've heard that Ryan Smith, the former oiler, is now a member of the uh, ownership group with the Spruce Grove Saints. So his new hockey team, Spruce Grove Saints, will be playing a hockey game on uh, Friday the 15th against uh, the Okotoks Oilers. So that's, that's a free hockey game. You can actually go there for free. Uh, you got to get tickets from, from uh, uh, f- through the website or whatever, but you can just get uh, free tickets. Just got to pay for parking. Uh, and then, of course, they'll be doing... Uh, we'll be collecting cash and toy donations for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, the Kinnett Club of Spruce Grove, and the Kinsman Club of uh, Stony Plains. They'll be taking donations for charity on the site. Also, when you go to the game, you get you get a ballot, and you get entered in to win uh, Northland's Coliseum seats signed by Ryan Smith. That's pretty cool. That'd be, that, that would look real nice in my living room. I don't know about you. Then there's a pancake breakfast on the Saturday, as well as public skating. So you can, there's public skates every hour. You got to sign up in advance for that. And then on Sunday, the 17th, a multicultural round dance in a, in a nod to the uh, indigenous uh, heritage and the Treaty 6 land on which the Northlands Coliseum stands. So lots going on uh, next weekend. We're still trying to get a hold of Ryan Smith, but we've got the president and CEO of Northlands, Tim Reed, on the line. Tim, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hello, Tim. Oh, we're having trouble um, hearing this. What? I uh, wonder what's... Uh, let's try this again. Let's try this again. <laughs> what are we doing wrong here, Brendan? You uh, tell me this. this the, uh, the screen is going yellow, and I think it's supposed to go green. All right, Brendan Ulrich, the uh, the whiz kid here, the the technical producer here for Oilers Now, has popped in the studio to help me run the phones. And I think now, Tim, we should be able to hear you. I can hear you guys just ha! fine. That technology, isn't it a wonderful thing? It always is. <laughs> like we need to make life simple. <laughs> you, you'd think days. talking on the phone would be about the easiest thing you can do, uh, but it's still complicated. All right. Um, First of all, Tim, I guess we can get your take on this whole farewell weekend. So I was just kind of running the folks through what's going on, the 15th, 16th, 17th, you know, the the, the Spruce Grove Saints hockey game, the breakfast, the skating, and then the uh, multicultural round dance on Sunday. How did this whole thing come about? It, well, it really came about as, in somewhat as a reaction to the timing of Northland stepping away from the management of the Coliseum. And as, as everybody knows, the council had approved the motion that we would turn back the Coliseum at the end of this year. And what we realized and the feedback we got was people just wanted to get in there one more time. With uncertainty around the future of the building, whether it would be available to the public, we got countless letters and emails and phone calls from people saying, we just want to make sure we can get back to our building. Hmm. And uh, so we were working internally about how do we put together a weekend and what does that look like? And, and then Ryan Smith reached out and said, any chance that uh, we could get back in there for one more skate? And, and we happen to have a hockey team, and, and organically we came up with this idea of an AGHL hockey game, and, and most importantly doing something for free. And then we partnered with the Kandora Society for Sunday because there was a desire from uh, really a, a diverse group of multicultural champions to come in and do something that was community-oriented. So between that and having ice available, the weekend came together, and I think the one consistent message for everybody was needed to be free to the public. And every aspect from, you know, parking to gates to access to the hockey game will, will be free and accessible. Hmm. All right. Um, now, it's 2.13. Uh, 
Tim, speaking of the, the problems I've had with the phones here, talk about uh, making the show happen on the fly. Ryan Smith just called in as well. To do that, I just got to put you on hold and then pick you both up. So I might hang up on both of you accidentally. This is really exciting. You can't practice this except on live radio. So we're going to give this a shot. We are going to give we're going to give this a shot and put Tim on hold. And then I click these buttons and I think I have you both on the air, don't I? All right, Ryan, are you there? I'm still here. I'm here. Hey, this is fantastic. Uh, filling in for Andrew and Jay Lynn, and we've uh, we've figured out how to do this. Ryan, Tim was just um, mentioning before you uh, before we got you on the line. Um, it sounds like kicking off the weekend, the farewell weekend for the Coliseum with the with a hockey game featuring your new team, the Spruce Grove Saints. That it was kind of your idea. Well, obviously, uh, you know, playing at uh, playing at uh, Northlands there is obviously. A dream come true from a lot for a lot of people, and it was for me. Um, back when I was nine nine years old, I came and watched the '87 final game of, of Wayne Gretzky's. And uh, you know, there's some history in this building, and I just now being a part owner and uh, president of the uh, Spruce Grove Saints with my partners Dan and Lindsay Lakelt. I just thought, you know, what what an opportunity this could be if it could work out. So I reached out, obviously, to to Tim to see if it could, and everything's just taking place um obviously they they had uh brewed up uh, a weekend um with uh you know open to the public uh this just tied in uh, so well and uh we couldn't we can't thank uh northlands coliseum obviously tim and his crew uh for accommodating not only uh the ajhl uh, spruce grove saints but uh, uh the public more than anything hmm. um you know coming back to this great community that we live in and we're so blessed to uh, be a part of it and be a part of history of what uh, what this building means to Hamiltonians and surrounding areas. Some people are probably wondering, like, obviously this is your team that's involved in the weekend, um, and I know uh, you're signing some seats that are going to be uh, available for uh, people to win and that sort of a thing. Uh, outside of that, though, how much of a, a visible presence will Ryan Smith be at the Northlands Coliseum next weekend? I'll be uh, I'll be around for sure on the uh, Friday, and I'm uh, potentially going to be popping in on the on the Saturday. I do have to be my uh, my son plays out in Monday. Um, in uh, in a little HSL hockey school or hockey academy that uh, we started, so I'll be back and forth. But I'm trying to 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 make it out there. I mean, why wouldn't I not be? I mean, it's such a it's such a great building. It's such a great place to to be. We were there today doing the the press uh, press conference, and it, it just stirs up a lot of great memories and some sad ones too. Um. Tim, I wanted to ask you about this because obviously uh, we mentioned that uh, anybody who comes to that game Friday night gets a ballot and you can enter for your chance to win uh, you know, a couple of seats signed by Ryan Smith. Also, you announced today uh, the the auction, that you're auctioning off a set of seats for 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous, and you can you can bid on those tomorrow uh, online at 630Ched.com. So we'll be talking about that a lot tomorrow. Um, how many, I mean, how much... Coliseum memorabilia or you know pieces of the Coliseum are actually going to be available I mean how rare will this opportunity be well certainly I don't think there'll be a lot I think what is so unique about this opportunity is is we partnered with Santa's Anonymous and obviously 630 Chet the great job you folks do and and this is the last day of their drive 
And so our hope with it is, is if we allow people to come and park for free and get into the game for free, hopefully they'll be willing to either make a donation or bring a toy with them to support Santa's Anonymous at just such a critical time of the year. And on top of that, Ryan signed the seats today uh, on the ice at the Coliseum. And, and hopefully between 6.30, Jed Santa's Anonymous, as well as the Kinsman and Connect Club, out uh, towards uh, Spruce Grove, we can raise a little bit of money for some community agencies that need it at a time of year where um, it's just, it's nice to give back to community. Hmm. Um, fellas, we got to take a quick pause here for commercial break. I'm going to try and put you on hold and not hang up on you as we're uh, we're working out the kinks here in the system. <laughs> no worries. And then I, what I want to get from both of you, and also from some of our listeners too, is it is it maybe just a, one of your standout kind of Coliseum uh, memories that sticks out to you? So we'll uh, we'll pick up that part of the conversation in just a minute with uh, Ryan Smith, uh, former Oiler, and Tim Reed, uh, president and CEO of Northlands, uh, coming up on the 6:30 Chet Afternoon News. On the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, Brenton in for Andrew and Jay Lynn today. Our guests, uh, Tim Reed, President and CEO of Northlands, and uh, Ryan Smith, former uh, oiler. Uh, and, of course, they'll both be actively involved in next weekend's farewell weekend to the Northlands uh, Coliseum. Uh, just got a text in here to 630, 630. <laughs> uh, Jonathan says, one of his great memories at the Coliseum was painting up and cheering on Canada at the World Juniors. The other, I was at the game, Patrick Steffen missed the open net. The roof almost blew off that place. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, do you, <laughs> do you remember that one? I remember both of those <laughs> in '95 uh, when uh, World Junior. So I remember that one. And then uh, a good story about uh, this Patrick Stephan when he was going down and going to put in the open net. I was at the far blue line, or just coming out of their zone, and I was ready to break my stick on the ice. And oh. <laughs> if I broke my stick, I, obviously that play would have been over because obviously Stoli made the great play up to me, and I just sort of got it and chipped it over to Hemsky and uh, and it went in but uh uh that was uh that was some electrifying nights uh that we uh that we uh brewed up at those times <laughs> uh uh Tim do you have a favorite coliseum memory that comes to mind you know I think probably my favorite coliseum memory although there's been so many even yeah. in the short time that I've been here was when the uh, tragically hip came through and did their last Two final performances at the Coliseum, mm. and um, and you knew that you were watching. Well, first of all, uh, they they set the record for the band that had played the most times at the Northlands Coliseum in the history of the building, and uh, and secondly, it was it was just a moment of Canadiana in the, in a great classic venue for entertainment that you knew you were never going to get again. And it was that that to me was one of those moments where two sold out shows in the middle of K-Days, and, and everybody was just 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 enjoying and soaking in every single second of it. Hmm. Ryan, I'm guessing you have a bit of a, a unique perspective on the Northlands Coliseum, too. With I mean, you mentioned earlier getting to watch uh, Gretzky's final game in 87, uh, you know, then growing up, becoming an oiler, playing there for a long time, being a part of the, the magical run in 2006, then being traded away, you know, a few different teams, coming back as a visiting player, and then coming back to finish your career in Edmonton. Uh, I guess how does that, that that kind of that variety of experiences shape yeah, what oh the lasting gosh. impact of that old barn? 
to zero in on one would be really tough. Um, <laughs> I do like the fact how Tim has acknowledged, like, not only just from the hockey side of it, it was the entertainment place. Um, you know, that was so electrifying on that side of it. I, I, I'm going to I'll zero in just be, because you're asking. I think the 06 run was electrifying, just the fans, the energy walking out through that tunnel, and then all of a sudden hitting the ice, and it was just so magnifying uh, for us as players, and we really appreciated uh, every moment of that. Obviously, we didn't finish off the, the way we would like to, but uh, actually we did that building. We, we won 4 nothing in Game 6, so mm-hmm. um, we just fell short Game 7. But, um, I mean, gosh, I mean, that was so awesome to, to see and, and live and be a part of. Um, I grew up as an Oiler fan, and, and you know, like I said, in '87, I was there for the final game of Gretz, and then winning the Cup. So I've seen the Cup on the ice to being an Oiler, you know, to retiring as an Oiler. So I mean, uh, so many great memories. Uh, I mean, it, it means so much to a lot of people in so many different avenues or perspectives. Um, you know, so that's what this whole weekend is about so they can have an opportunity and a free event to come and sit in their seat if that's their seat they wanted to choose um you know come watch a hockey come come uh sit in the stands and watch people uh skate around uh, on the saturday and then obviously the uh, the sunday with the um uh the sing and dance and and uh that side of the, the native culture mm-hmm. which is which is kind of fitting for how everything is transpiring. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't thank uh, Northlands and Tim enough for what's uh, what's transpiring here. Now, Tim, uh, I got to see the the picture. Uh, you, you mentioned that Ryan signed a couple of those seats earlier today on the ice, and uh, one of those um, you'll get ballots if you go to the Friday night game. You get a ballot, you get into the draw to win it. And of course, tomorrow here on six thirty, Ched, there's the uh, the live on air auction for six thirty, Ched Santa's Anonymous, and you can actually bid on a couple of signed seats. And I was looking at that picture uh, w- with with Ryan and the signed seats at six thirty, Ched dot com, and. Uh, I mean, the the seat looks like it's in pretty good shape. Like, was it reupholstered or, or or painted? Like, it looks like it could last another forty years. <laughs> I think it probably could last. They just don't build them the way they used to. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's great because those those were the original seats that were in the building, hmm. and uh, and the number is on it from from the row and and the seat specifically. And yeah, it's in great shape. But you can definitely tell that uh, there's been a lot of a, a lot of great. That seat, a lot of Oilers wins, Oil King wins, and great concerts. So you'll uh, you'll notice that the seats were loved if uh, you're fortunate enough. <laughs> yeah. And Ryan, I wanted to ask you this too, because I remember seeing a story on, I think it was on Global News, and I don't even remember what the occasion was, maybe a year or two ago, where where you actually let uh, the cameras into your hockey memorabilia room at home, oh, yeah. and you got to kind of show off sticks and, and some cool things. So my question for you is, like, do you get a do you get a pair of seats for your own room, or are these all just giveaways? Well, Tim, uh, <laughs> <laughs> every time I turn around, he's trying to steal something from the building. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I do have a, a story about that because playing my thousandth game, I was down in L.A. and um, my wife had uh, set up uh, a private uh, um, and, and brought all the trainers and 
called all the the, the ex Oilers that I played with. They came down and they surprised me. And the, the Oilers trainers Barry Stafford, Kenny Lowe, uh, Lyle Kuchiski, Sparky, and, uh, and they ended up getting me a chair. And I have it down in my basement, and it is from uh, uh, the Coliseum, and it is special. And I cherish it with every every moment I walk down there. When I go down there, it's 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 a piece of history, and I'm very blessed to have one. And it was uh, it was on behalf of my training staff uh, that that uh, I know obviously finagled somehow through uh, UCF. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good story. And uh, Tim's also glad that he's off the hook. So there yeah, you go. exactly. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for making time for us today. And, uh, yeah, sounds like a great weekend. Thanks for putting it on and, and also for thinking of charities, including 630 Chad Sinas Anonymous. So thanks a lot and, and enjoy the weekend next weekend. Uh, thanks a lot, John. We will. Thanks for the opportunity. There you go. It's uh, t- Tim Reed, uh, president and uh, CEO of Northlands, and Ryan Smith, former Oiler. Big weekend next weekend coming up Northlands Coliseum as we say farewell uh, to the old barn uh, one last time. It's 2.35 on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger sitting in just for today for Andrew and Jay Lynn. Uh, Jay's back tomorrow. Andrew, I believe, I believe is back Monday. He's been away all week. Good to be with you uh, once again. Uh, every now and then I like to like to chat a bit about uh, Edmonton tourism. Uh, and kind of a neat uh, story this week where uh, Edmonton turns out has made the top 50 list of 50 best places to visit in 2018. This is travel and leisure's list for 50 best places to visit in 2018. I like to think about this once in a while because probably like you, I've got friends and family out of town that, you know, come in for the occasional visit. And it's always interesting, those conversations you have with them of, hey, when you're in Edmonton, what would you like to do? What would you like to see? And uh, the answer is not always just West Edmonton Mall. So kind of curious to find out how Edmonton gets on a list like this. And I mean, are, are, are we finally, are we popular? Are, are we cool now? Are we cool? And joining us to talk a bit about it is uh, Renee Williams and Courtney Higgins, both with uh, Edmonton Tourism. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. So, uh, I mean, this list, we're in the top 50 now, I guess, at least according to Travel and Leisure. Uh, how, how did this happen? So we've got a great team within Edmonton Tourism, our travel media team, and they do so much work throughout the year to find and seek out international travel writers, leisure writers, uh broadcasters, journalists, and they share stories. That's really what they do throughout the year. They share Edmonton stories, Edmonton itineraries, try to get some of those people to come here and experience the destination. And uh, this just happened to be one of those times where they shared a lot of great stories with uh, an author and uh, this this produced this story, which got us on this listing. So yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. So you have to you have to pitch those writers on how oh, how good you are. It's it's, it's a bit of a, a kind of a marketing exercise or a pitching exercise. Absolutely, yeah. So uh. we meet with these writers throughout the year at various events, and uh, we get we call them fifteen minute uh, speed dating appointments where we get to sit down with these writers and sell Edmonton, and we we try to find out what their their niches are, what they like to try and cover, what they're interested in, and uh, we'll push some Edmonton stories, success stories out, and hopefully get onto lists just like this one. So when you are pitching them in that 15-minute speed date or whatever, what types, I mean, 
probably you're not just bringing up like I mean some of the more obvious ones like Fort Edmonton Park or the art gallery or or what or the River Valley. I mean, what what are you pitching them on? Is it those things that you would see in the top ten on TripAdvisor, or is it the real, the small, surprising kind of stuff? It's an awesome mix of both, okay. and I think that that's what's what makes a lot of these lists and opportunities really unique. So yeah, we've got the big attractions that obviously make their way into the story and the coverage, but we also try to find the hidden gems, uncover the unique culinary hotspots uh, that are opening up, and uh, maybe coffee shops, things like that, tours that go on that, um, you know, are a bit off the beaten path. We try to find those stories that they're looking for and uh, tell those. And uh, winter is usually a big seller for us. With really? The, oh, yeah. It's, uh, really? it's a popular one. A lot of people are looking for the winter city of the West. Oh. And... Uh, Edmonton is just that natural, we are that city, we're that place, and people are always so in awe with the fact that we have festivals and events and things that go on in the winter and that we get out there and actually do stuff in the snow. So uh, it's always an interesting story to share with, yeah. especially some of the less snow destinations. Take that, that Calgary. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> uh, Courtney, now you work on the social media side, so how does social media factor into to all of this? Well, it's... Oh. Yeah, can you, uh, yeah, just get right into the microphone like that. There you go. Aha, perfect. Sorry, I was tweeting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was actually. Uh, so social media plays such a huge part in this because we have such an active, engaged community that chimes in when there's people that I don't always catch some of these uh, tweets or questions from people from international, people coming up from Calgary. So they'll tweet into us, they'll, they'll ask the question, where's a great place to go? Where's the locals mm. going? And, you know, if I'm not jumping into the conversation, it's people, local people, people who work in the industry, people who are just passionate Edmontonians and they use our brand, they use our hashtag Explore Edmonton and they jump in and they, they offer up those places that we might know about, we might not even know about. So it's a, it's a really engaging uh, community that we, that we are lucky to be a part of. So you've got some people from Edmonton Tourism who are pitching the travel writers on, hey, you should write about us and the yada, yada, yada. And you are the, got to respond immediately to to the average Joe and Jane traveler. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly that's it. And it's actually a unique approach. We kind of, we work together and target the key markets that we're in. And it's all, of, of course, connected to our air access. Hmm. So wherever EIA is getting those great flights to come mm. into Edmonton internationally, that's where you'll see a lot of our marketing activity. And we try to target our social activity there as well. And we work with our media team to try and get writers creating that demand for the destination in those markets. Hmm. Got to take a quick uh, break here. It's 2.40. We're chatting with Renee Williams and Courtney Higgins from Edmonton Tourism. Uh, want to get a sense after the break, I guess, a bit about, uh, I mean, what does this actually mean? So we made a list. I mean, does that actually uh, affect people's decisions? Do they care? Do they read this stuff? So we'll get into that in a minute here on the 630 Ched Afternoon News. It's 2.45 on 6.30 Ched. Brenton Dreger in for Andrew and Jay Lynn, joined in studio by Courtney Higgins and Renee Williams from uh, Edmonton Tourism. And Edmonton just made the list for 50 best places to visit in 2018, according to travel and uh, leisure. Now, I mean, it's kind of fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, I mean, what, what difference does it make? When you get on a list, you're one of 50 on a travel and leisure thing. Like, does that really make a difference? Is that really make people want to come here? Do travelers look at this kind of thing? I think uh, absolutely. I think travelers are always looking for um, ratings, results, recommendations, uh, 
trusted resources that are telling them, yeah, the destination you're thinking about, that's a great spot. You should check it out. Um, so having this kind of information out there is huge because it helps people who are maybe a little bit indecisive about if they're going to come this way or not solidify their plans and mm. make their arrangements. And then, of course, they get to go check out all of our channels, our, our website, our social channels, and see some of the activity, the videos, the imagery, and actually see what they're going to experience. And I mean, I even think, too, Courtney and I were chatting earlier, the numbers for these guys are huge. I don't know if you want to just share some of the numbers of the audiences that they have. Yeah, so Travel and Leisure has uh, 3 million followers on Instagram alone, 4 million on Facebook, and I believe 3.5 on Twitter. So wow. we are, you know, a part of that network, which is just so vast and, and it's international, so it's fantastic. So it's a pretty big feather in the cap of Edmonton Absolutely. then. Absolutely. It's a yeah. nice feather, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked earlier about what you uh, what you sell these travel writers on when you have those sit-down speed date pitches with them. Uh, so what is it that Edmonton has going for it right now? I think Edmonton has so much to offer. We are an authentic city. We've got a lot of risk takers and makers and people who just want to start unique businesses. Our entrepreneurs are the reason that we get to be in the jobs that we're in and do the incredible stuff that we do. The restaurant owners, the festival producers, it's all because of those experience providers that we're able to sell the city. And so our culinary scene, I mean, this year has been incredible in terms of the accolades that our culinary scene has hmm. received internationally. En Route, Condé Nast, those are just a couple of the publications that have recognized Edmonton. Um, and then, of course, to our outdoor adventure, things like Elk Island and the notoriety that they get internationally, the bison handling, the incredible picturesque opportunities you get out there, our river valley. Wait, bison, bison handling? What is yeah. that? I, this might be new for me. Yeah. Oh, it may Maybe. Yeah, we have a... You can handle bison. Well, you can actually touch the bison. Okay. <laughs> but there's a bison handling program and facility out there. And huh. you get to go out there and participate in a tour where you get to experience what they do to care for the bison. And I mean, of course, we've oh. got such a renowned herd of bison that gets right. sent all over the world to repopulate other bison mm -hmm. herds. So you get to hear the story and be a part of it and wear a little oh. bison cap. It's pretty... Really? Cool. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> my, like, my only experience with the bison was driving out to Elk Island and then you're like sitting there in your Corolla waiting for them to cross the street so you don't get, you know, stampeded. Bison traffic jam. Basically. That's something like, I love the bison, but that day I was not happy with the bison. <laughs> uh, Want to just pause here for a second and say, uh, if you're listening, would like to get your take, uh, if you're listening, to uh, text us at 630-630. What is your, your hidden gem in Edmonton? So when your family and friends come to visit and you say, hey, what would you like to see? What would you like to do? Maybe they ask you, well, give me a recommendation. What is it that you what is it that you say, well we should we should do this, we should check this out. It's not, you know, the top five normal things that you would expect uh to see in Edmonton. Uh wanted to ask you this as well. So we talked a bit about what Edmonton has going for it. Um what does Edmonton have to do better though? In my mind right away and I, I just came from a couple days in Toronto and for me I think I mean, you get off the plane, you walk to the train station, you take a train, and you're downtown Union Station, you can go anywhere, right? And all I did was pay for a $12 train. In Edmonton, we've got the 747 bus that almost got chopped a month or two ago. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know where that ranks on the list, if that's that important. But what do you think Edmonton needs to do to, to be more attractive to I tourists? I think from a tourism perspective, we're always looking for new and unique product offerings. Um, visitors want to come here. They want to get into something that's fun, unique, different. They want to be transformed by whatever activity they're participating in. They don't want to just watch the chef cook, but they want to cook with the chef oh. and then take that dish home and enjoy it, right? So I think what's really important for us moving forwards is to work with businesses and people who have ideas and dreams about creating product in Edmonton and find unique offerings. Um, a product idea that's actually quite quite impressive and something that a lot of visitors are looking for, the Indigenous story. Really? People are really looking to understand Indigenous heritage, the culture, our lands here, and so I think that that's a really important one that we're going to be certainly working with our community to try and help build going into 2018. Hmm, absolutely, and that's we're in perfect position for that, absolutely. For sure. I like what you said there about the experience, because I guess that, you know, I, I enjoy craft beer, and so if I go to New City, I, I'd love to kind of check out what's happening locally. But the thing is, you don't want to just go to any old pub and order a local brew, or, you know, brew. You want to go to where, like, you want to get as close as you can. I mean, it's a little bit, I don't know if that's like a little bit of hipster in me, but you kind of want to get as close as you can to where it really came from so you can feel really connected to it. For sure. And that's the travel pattern. <laughs> a lot of travelers are looking for that, that very experience. So. Is, do you see this through social media as well? Do you get kind of the hyper local kind of questions? Yeah, definitely. So we do get the beer hipsters uh, <laughs> that want to come in and, and try the pints that nobody else has tried. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, so there's such a need for these trendsetters and people who are looking for experiences that they can't get in places like you had mentioned in Toronto. So uh, you can come to Edmonton, you can sit and have uh, a long table dinner at a brewery that has a five that is an amazing has an amazing chef so uh, places like Bira and uh, Blunt Enthusiasm in Ritchie Market so that's those are kind of the experiences that we are seeing that people are reaching out to us asking hey have you been here uh, what would you recommend and I have been there quite a few times so uh, I send people their way or situation <laughs> on White Ave so mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely those people that are looking for those authentic experiences and and you can find it anywhere in Edmonton cool 252 we got to take another pause. I uh, want to get to more of your hidden gems, your hidden gems where you take your family and friends from out of town. Where do you take them to see? What do you want them to experience in Edmonton? 630-630 if you want to text us uh, your ideas on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. It's 2.55 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. 6.30, 6.30 if you want to text us your your hidden tourist gem in Edmonton. We were talking earlier about uh, craft breweries, so a couple people have uh, sent us in some alcohol-related suggestions. The Wine Room and Town Square Brewing in Ellerslie. Awesome beer, and they use the spent grain as their pizza crust. Oh. Huh. <laughs> That's, I wonder where the two of us. I think I've heard of that place. I think it just recently opened, but I... Have, I'm kind of ignorant as to what they do there. That's kind of neat. One thing that I've done with my, and I don't know if this counts as a hidden gem because it's probably like if you Google things to do in Edmonton and TripAdvisor pops up, it's probably on there. But one little hit for our, when we've had out of town families, the high level streetcar. Mm. Mm. Yes. 
the concert series. Have you ever done a concert series? No. There? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Throughout the summer, you'll get an opportunity to uh, get a concert series. And I, I had an opportunity to do that last summer. And it was just stunning with the the sunset and a little, you know, concert duo on the streetcar. And it just parks in the middle of the high-level bridge. And you get to sit there and watch the sunset and hear some awesome music. It's such a great evening. Cool. So uh, what would be on your hidden gem list? What to do? Ooh, what to do in Edmonton? Yeah, go ahead, Courtney. I think uh, a hidden gem for me is definitely going out to. We were mentioning before, but Elk Island National mm. Park is definitely a place that, uh, whenever families coming in from the East Coast, I take them there, and we you can rent canoes, kayaking, you can go snowshoeing. It's it's a really lovely experience. We already talked about bison handling. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And the hat. Which isn't quite as life threatening as it sounds. <laughs> they are majestic <laughs> creatures. <laughs> what about you, Renee? Uh, for me, I love food, so I would probably try to locate some really good local hot spots. Um, of course, some of my favorites, uh, you know, you've got your Uccellino and you've got your woodwork and you've got a few others downtown. Um, there's so many that it's kind of hard to choose, but you'll, over time you'll get to them eventually mm-hmm. if you just keep coming back every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you like those, the niche yes. dining yeah, kind of experiences. That. Love it. Especially love it if it's chefs who are using lots of local product ingredients. Range Road is another great one for that. So yeah, I love hmm. the local, local cuisine. Hmm. Uh, a couple texts here as well. And I don't know if these are necessarily touristy things or not, but uh, Kinsman Pitch and Putt Golf Course. That's the par three near the Kinsman been there uh, and he says my kids love it there and Annie says Sunday morning River Valley bike ride with brunch at Little Brick oh, oh yeah <laughs> you guys are getting hungry <laughs> totally and here's another one the old Strathcona ghost walk awesome way to spend a summer evening it's extremely spooky <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't like spook myself but I've heard that one's pretty epic <laughs> Uh, I think you were mentioning this off the air as well, the the beer and the distillery tours that yeah. are starting to pop up now. Yeah, that's right. So we've got a brewery tour and we've got a distillery tour. Um, distillery one just opened a couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, same experience provider, but it hits uh, Strathcona Spirits. It hits Hanson Distillery, which is out in the West End. And then, of course, it hits Rig Hand out in uh, Nisku. And that's such a neat scene to see what those distillers are doing and, and what they're making. So uh, certainly things for people to check out if they've never been. And it's brand new. And Ed- Edmonton, like having been in other cities, definitely behind the game in that kind of the local brewing scene. But I think we're going to catch up in a hurry. Very quickly, yeah. yes. Well, uh, we're running out of time. We're up against the news here. But thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, thanks for having us. Uh, Courtney Higgins and Renee Williams with Edmonton Tourism. Uh, Edmonton now on Travel and Leisure's list for 50 best places to visit in 2018. You can text us more of your suggestions. We'll get back to them a little bit later on as well. Uh, your hidden tourist gems in Edmonton. We're off to the news. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.